You are now listening to the Mixed State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy. Sunday, the Knicks got a win against the Dallas Mavericks 106-96. to It was the first time that we got a chance to see uh, Frank Nielakina and Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, on the court at the same time against each other. And there's a lot of with those two. If you think about it, you know, starting with our show, I've been – you know, everybody knows how I feel, how I wanted Dennis Smith Jr. drafted by the Knicks. There was that, that thing with LeBron James about a month ago that led to him and Cantor kind of going back and forth with words when LeBron said that the Knicks should have drafted Dennis Smith Jr. And, and it's really one of those kind of debates, uh, you know, from Knicks fans and basketball fans all across the country of the Knicks should have went with Dennis Smith Jr. And then you got another side, obviously, of the argument saying that Neil Aquino was the right pick. Um, so it was the first time we got to see these two teams face each other, those two on the court. It was a little disappointing because they actually didn't go head-to-head. Uh, I think they were on the court for a little bit together, but they didn't guard each other, which was a little disappointing. But still, you can break down the performance of the game and um, Chip, I'm about to get your take on it in just a minute. But after the game, you know, I saw some, you know, writers and, and just fans that were speaking that felt like Frank had the better night overall, not just because the Knicks won, but felt like Frank had more of an impact in the game. So, so Chip, how, how did you feel? The, I know they didn't cover each other, um, but who, who do you feel had a better night? Yeah, it was definitely Frank to me. I mean, he stuffed the stat sheet. First of all, he didn't shoot the ball well. He, he never shoots, you know, just three of eight. But he had seven points, seven rebounds, five assists, and he had a steal. He always has a steal or two. And uh, but twenty five minutes, and he closed out the game. He was on the court. So at the end of the game, Dennis Smith didn't play. Dennis Smith barely played in the fourth quarter, and Dennis Smith. Uh, he didn't shoot the ball well, 14 shots, 11 points. And he didn't look very good, you know, five assists. Um, he didn't, Dennis Smith, I don't know, man. He, he, I'm not saying that Frank is this incredible player, but, you know, Dennis Smith had the ball in his hands a lot. And it just seems like he isn't really ready for that type of responsibility, you know. I'm pretty sure he's either first or second on the Mavericks in usage uh, percentage. And, you know, they're asking a lot of a guy who clearly is not ready for that type of load. And, you know, all the defensive issues that uh, teams are worried about, they're there, which is part of the reason that he didn't close out the game. You know, and that's why Knicks fans are all over Frank uh, Neil Aquina over Dennis Smith after that night. But in my opinion, Frank definitely won the matchup because uh, the Knicks won and the Knicks 
I know it was a four-point game, but the Knicks really had control over that game the whole night. They never lost the lead. They were up the entire game. But uh, I think the jury is still out on who will be the better player. I don't think there's any way to decide who's going to be the better player right now. Dennis Smith is 20 and Frank's 19. I think they both have a long way to go. So, uh, but I think Frank won the matchup the first time around. But like you said, they didn't even really guard each other. Yeah. So it's not like they're ever going to have a real rivalry. They're just always going to be linked together because Frank went eighth in the draft and Dennis Smith Jr. went ninth. And Knicks fans are going to make sure that they stay linked forever. So that's why. Yeah, that's what happens when, like, as you said, when you're the eighth pick, when you're the ninth pick, even even when we face Charlotte and we're facing uh, Malik Monk, that that is another option that we, we we're always going to have Frank compared to. It's always going to be um, the guys that the Knicks could have drafted that Frank is going to be compared to. And I, it was funny because right before the tip-off of this game, I, you know, I tweeted – Frank Nealakina and told them, please, please, uh, please pl- prove me wrong about Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, I was a little disappointed that the two did not go head to head. I mean, I think that's what everybody wanted to see. I kind of felt like it was a little strange that we didn't see that head to head matchup between the two. And when you evaluate it to me, if you had to say who won the matchup, yeah, uh, it was Frank Nealakina. Frank did more in the game to help the Knicks win. Now, as you mentioned, he, he didn't shoot the ball very well, which is something that he never does well. Um, I still cringe every time that Frank Nielakina shoots the basketball. I, it's, just, it's it's awful. He's going to have to spend a lot of time on his jump shot. I mean, he was just three of eight from the field. Uh, he did shoot 50% from the three-point line, which he only took two threes. Um, so it doesn't take a whole lot of those regardless. And... and you know, when you watch Frank, he, he's not taking any bad shots, I don't think. They're just mid-range shots that are open, that they're sagging off of them, which you have to start hitting if you don't want them sagging off you anymore. Um, it's just simply that he's just not able to hit those shots. But Dennis Smith Jr., on the other hand, I don't think really dominated this game. I think a lot of is asked of him already as just a rookie. I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's like the leading scorer. Or if he's not the leading scorer, he's right up there. As you mentioned, usage rate, he, he has the ball in his hands a lot. And it's a lot to ask of a, a rookie who's still developing, and especially for a point guard, because point guards take some time to develop. I know there's a, an exception of a few that came in and just dominated right off the bat, but Dennis Smith Jr., I, I don't think anybody really expected him to come in and dominate right off the bat. But I think games like this are a little like misleading, and I think you can't look too much into it. But yeah, round one, per se, it goes to Frank. Um, and even if it was the other way around, I know I'm a Dennis Smith Jr. guy, and I would have said, or, or some probably would be saying that I, I, Matt's probably going to say, I told you so. Even if, if Dennis Smith Jr. was the better, had the better game, that's honestly not what I was going to be saying because the truth of the matter of fact, it's only the first time they meet each other. It's one game. You can't take stock into one game. And these guys simply just won't play each other that much you know, in their careers if they stay with both these teams because we only see them twice a year. Um, but it's like as you just said, it's still a long way to go for both of them. 
I was very happy though to see that Frank actually had a better game, and I I even tweeted out in the game. Uh, I know I'm hard on Frank Nilakina because he can't shoot, but I like the other things that he's able to bring to the team. Um, and I you know I put in the tweet. I'm just felt the need to say that because I know I've been critical of the Knicks drafting him, and, and I talk about his shot a lot. But in all honesty. No, am I not? Am I like satisfied that he was our pick? Obviously not right now, but I can still see that he does uh, things like you know he has seven rebounds, he has five assists, he, he plays outstanding defense, even had a block shot in the game. He does a lot of things really well. Overall, if you ask that any opinions change, no, I still think Dennis Smith Jr. will be the better overall player. But it was just nice to see Frank have a performance like this um, and have his hands in multiple aspects of the games, not just um, you know scoring, because we know that's not Frank's strength right now. It's something that he's going to have to approve on. So that's what I'm going to ask you, Chip, uh, right before we wrap up this segment. Did your opinions change from this? Or are you like me that say it's just one game, it's just too early to tell? Um, or, you know, I know I said that I still think Dennis Smith Jr. would be the better player. So do you think your opinion has changed? Is it too early to tell? You know, tell me what you're thinking. No, like I said, it's way too early to tell. Frank's 19 and Dennis Smith Jr. is 20. We don't know anything about these two guys really yet. I mean, Frank hasn't even – Dennis Smith Jr. has been handed the keys to the car by Rick Carlisle, but Frank – hasn't even put in the starting lineup yet. So, yeah, it's it's way too early. They're both very young. Uh, I, I don't think we'll know anything at least until the end of this season. And that's by then I think Frank will be in the starting lineup, so then we'll really have an idea. of. But I, I do agree with you. I think that ultimately if Dennis Smith Jr. stays healthy, I think he will be a better all-around player than Frank just because he'll be able to to score. And let's be honest, that's the most important thing in the NBA. You know, it's just, like you said, it's just way too early to tell. Um, You can't look too much into this. And, you know, I, I, I will say, though, like I keep saying, I think Dennis Smith Jr. will be the better player. But it's nice to see round one went to Frank. At the end of the day, we got the win, uh, and everybody seemed to be talking more about Frank's effort um, and not so much Dennis Smith Jr.'s. So that's a, a nice little small victory here in the early going between these two players. Uh, but that's all the time we're going to have for this segment. We're going to wrap it up. When we come back, there is another point guard that the New York Knicks supposedly are interested in bringing in. A um, guy that's been on our Winchester team, so we will see a uh, a possibility of a new point guard can get some minutes very soon for the New York Knicks. We'll get into that in just a moment. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at, at Chipper Murphy. Welcome back to the Next State of Mind podcast. We talked about the matchup between Frank McKenna and Dennis Smith Jr. on Sunday. And in our second segment, 
The New York Knicks, they have a point guard has been playing for their D-League team uh, with the, the Winchester Knicks, uh, Trey Burke. Many of you might know him. He was a former draft lottery. We talked about him actually a few weeks ago. We had Danny Smalls uh, on, on with us, and he gave a little bit more insight on the Knicks D-League team uh, and uh, talked about Trey Burke specifically. And he, he has been playing really well, and supposedly now the Knicks are, are interested on – bringing him on to the NBA roster. I'm sure that means somebody has to go. We'll get all into that in a moment. But, Chip, um, with this news that it, it could be early as within a week that we can see Trey Burke on the Knicks roster, what do you what do you think about the Knicks bringing him on? Look, Trey Burke leads the G League in minutes, shots, uh, and points. Okay, so he's getting his while he's down there. And he's taken 526 field goals. And the guy in second in the G League in field goal attempts, whoever the hell he is, Justin something, Justin Dentman, uh, if you've ever heard him, if you listen to this podcast and you've ever heard of Justin Dentman, please comment after listening to this and tell us who Justin Dentman is. Because he's in second in the in the G League in attempts right now, and I could not find out who he was. So I'd really love to know who he was. It was driving me crazy, dude. It really was. <laughs> but, now you yeah, have me interested. Burke, I'm looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was driving me nuts. Um, and the uh, yeah, he's so he's going nuts in the G League, averaging like 27 points a game, Trey Burke. You're making like 50% of his shots, 42% of his threes. He's shooting like 84% from the free throw line. He's going bananas. Whatever. Who cares? It's the G League. <laughs> That's my opinion on it. And to make room for him, the Knicks will have to either cut someone or trade someone. And ideally, they, will, they would like to trade someone, which is why they haven't brought him up yet because they're avoiding having to cut the obvious choice, Ramon Sessions, because he's not in the rotation anymore. Exactly. Because they don't want to, because Ramon Sessions is on a guaranteed contract, and then they don't want to pay that guaranteed contract to a guy who's not on the team anymore. And that's, so that's basically that. I think they're probably trying to move maybe O'Quinn I don't think Hernan Gomez, probably O'Quinn, before that gets done, but nobody's trading for Ramon Sessions. So ultimately, I think what's going to happen is Sessions gets cut uh, and Burke gets to make room for Burke. But Ian Begley tweeted out uh, that uh, an indication that Trey Burke signing with the Knicks is imminent is that Burke isn't with the Westchester Knicks for the G League showcase in Canada this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Bagley, Burke is on the roster, but the team is saying that Burke is out with hip soreness and not with the team at the moment. So it looks like he's going to be with the team at any moment, and the Trey Burke hype is building and building like he's all of a sudden just going to go back to be. Being this top ten talent because he's reuniting with Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, 
I mean, there's a reason. Nick Sensi temper their expectations, you know. There's a reason he was available to the Knicks so late on and on a G League deal, too. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a little nervous about the expectations, but I do think they should give him a shot, might as well. I mean, especially if it all it means is cutting Ramon Sessions. So, yeah, that well hasn't worked. Yeah. Uh, you know, Sessions is really – I mean, it lasted two games in the starting lineup and has maybe played two or three more games after that. So he, he's just warming up the bench, and it really doesn't make sense because we talked about it when we had uh, Danny on with us a, a few weeks ago. You know, what, what are the Knicks trying to do? They're trying to get younger. And the Sessions doesn't fit that the young – um, you know, plan. He he's a veteran. He's what thirty two, thirty three years old. Even if he's not, if he's a little bit younger than that, he looks like he's about thirty three years old playing. When he, you know, he's he's just not effective. It, it looks like his days in the NBA are, are just about over. So it makes sense to bring in Trey Burke, in my opinion. It, it doesn't really hurt anything if it doesn't work out. Look, Trey Burke was a former lottery pick, and I know that gets fans excited because anytime you just hope that, okay, he wasn't able to get it done here, he wasn't able to get it done here, maybe he can reach his full potential with the Knicks, and, and he'll be playing with his college buddy, Tim Hardaway Jr., and that can make a difference. You know, he's going to feel comfortable and all that, and and hopefully that is the case. But there is no guarantee that. That is the case. And if you look, you know, over his course of his career, for the most part, it, he has averaged double-digit points. Um, last season, he only played 57 games with the Washington, averaged just five points, didn't get a lot of minutes there. And it makes sense that he's not going to get a lot of minutes there because they already have a point guard in John Wall. So if you're the backup to John Wall, you're kind of like the backup quarterback to Peyton Manning or Tom Brady. You don't do anything. That's just, you know, that's just the way it is. You're just there to hold the, you know, I guess in the NFL you hold the clipboard, yeah, and and in the NBA you're just holding the John Wall's uh, Gatorade bottle for him when he comes in for a timeout. Uh, that that's your role. So it, he didn't get a lot of minutes. Um, he played for a Utah team, the team that he was drafted by for three seasons, and you see he averaged twelve point eight points, twelve point eight points, ten point six points. So you see, okay, he's a guy that brings double-digit scoring. Well, here's the problem. When he was playing for the Jazz, it's when the Jazz weren't really any good. I mean, they had Gordon Hayward, but they were a team that really wasn't a threat. And, of course, he got he got an extended amount of minutes. He played 32 minutes a game his rookie year, 30 minutes in his second game, and only 21 in his third year, which he still averaged double-digit points with 10.6 a game. So, you know, I hear what you're saying, Chip. There, there's a reason why he was available. Um, and that he's playing in the D-League, and his numbers are outstanding in the D-League. He's putting up ridiculous numbers, uh, and I, I think it's a, a, a case where, of course, he's going to put up those numbers because he's better than everybody in the D-League. He is an NBA talent. He's just not one of those players necessarily that is a, a successful NBA player, if that makes sense. You know, like It's kind of like Jimmer Fredette. It did nothing during his NBA career, which 
if you want me to go on another little rant, I don't think anybody gave him a chance, but he doesn't have impressive numbers. He goes to China and he's averaging 40 points a game. It's because it's China. You know, they're better than those those players that are in those kind of leagues. Um, so it's kind of one of those things where sometimes, like in baseball, you see a, a prospect might be tearing it up in AAA, but when they come up to the big leagues, they, they suck. And when you send them back down to AAA, they're dominant again. It's because they're kind of they're better than AAA. They're just not quite a big league talent. And I think that's kind of like what we've seen with Trey Burke. I'm hoping, and anytime you get a new player like this, I'm just you're just hoping that the potential that he had when he came out of the draft. I think Michigan won the national championship or went to the national championship um, a few years ago with Trey Burke, and he was the leader of the team. They, they went. They, they yeah, lost. they went. Yeah, they I don't think. Louisville. Yeah, that's they right. Yeah. Um, so when he came into the league, there was a lot of potential there. He hasn't lived up to it, and it would be huge for the Knicks if he does. I'm just trying to get the fans to slow down. Don't don't expect Trey Burke to get signed and him come into the game and put up the numbers that he's putting in the G League. It's not going to happen. It won't happen. Uh, it would be very nice if we just see some efficient shooting form, consistent, you know, double-digit points. I don't think he's – at this point, he's not going to turn into an NBA all-star. Don't don't have these expectations because things like that. It, can it happen? I guess yeah, but it doesn't happen often. So you can't have high expectations for it. But hopefully he can come in and help out the team. And I think it makes sense once again though to bring him on board because let's get younger. Sessions is not doing anything. Hasn't done anything when he's gotten a few minutes out there on the floor. So it makes sense to bring in Trey Burke. It, it really does. Um, and with that being said, we are going to wrap up this segment. When we come back, this is uh, from Jeff Hornacek, some, uh, a matchup thing. Usually when a, a team goes small on the floor, uh, the opposing team matches the, the small play and it becomes small ball. The, the matchup, well, they take their height off the floor. Well, now Jeff Hornacek has, has said that he's looking to try to uh, put big guys out on the floor when teams go small and see how that kind of does. So we'll get into that, how that could work, how it doesn't work, what that means for certain players in the rotation when we come back from this break. Hello, everybody. Matt Castillo, the co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York. You can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles, videos, and podcasts. Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York's Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. As we, you know, previewed right before the break, Jeff Hornacek was talking to the media today, um, and I'll see if I can actually find the quote that he he said. And this was Ian Begley of ESPN that tweeted this out, uh, and Hornacek talked about. Going um going big when teams go small to see if that works out. And his quote was, if we're going small against these teams and all of a sudden we won them all, then you go, okay, some games we win with it, some games we lose with it. So that's a thought that we don't always have to go small or, or with a small lineup. We can go big and see what happens. So it's, I guess he's trying something different. You know, you always see teams match up 
what the other team's doing on the floor. You go small ball um, with your team, then you can see the other team take out their big guy and they match your, your quickness uh, to make that nobody has like a matchup advantage or, or at least, um, you know, big guys have a hard time trying to catch up with these smaller players. Hornacek is going to give it a try now. Um, and we'll, we'll get into what this exactly means. And Chip, what, what is, what is your thoughts when you think about this? What does this mean for players in the rotation? Um, what do you think? Do you think this is a smart idea to go big when teams go small? What's your reaction? No, I don't think it's a smart idea. <laughs> no, I like the way the rotations are now. I, I do. I, I mean, does this, my first thought, and we talked about this right before we did the show, my first thought was, does this mean he's going to start playing Hernan Gomez with Porzingis? Because that would be a disaster. I think we all, we all saw enough of that last year to know Hernan Gomez and Porzingis should never be on the court at the same time. Hernan Gomez is so bad defensively that it's not possible to make, to sustain those guys on the court for extended periods of time. They just don't work. And Hernan Gomez and Cantor, oh my God, can you imagine <laughs> that? Oh my God. That's, a, that's virtually impossible. You can't do that. Um, and look, O'Quinn's not even as good as Porzingis defensively, so he can't pick up. Cantor or Hernan Gomez on defense. That's how good Porzingis is on defense, that he can pick up Cantor, and Cantor's so good on offense, you deal with the defense. But Hernan Gomez and Porzingis were a disaster last year, and O'Quinn is just better. I don't know why he wants to tinker with the big man rotations. I don't think that's a problem. I, I like the three big man rotation they have going right now, um, maybe this has to do with the fact that he wants to get Billy into the rotation. Uh, I don't really understand. I think, look, I love Jared Jack, but I think I wouldn't call him a problem because he meshes so well with Porzingis, and that's the most important thing. But I think ultimately uh, his inefficiency is going to be an issue in that more, much more so than the three-man big man rotation they got going there. I don't know why Hornacek is talking about tinkering with that. I, no, I, no, I don't want him to. I like Hernan Gomez, but I, what take, put Hernan Gomez in there and start messing with the lineups he has now? Like take O'Quinn out and maybe like last year he would give O'Quinn some DNTs for like two or three games in a row. Yeah. I, I don't want him to do that. Yeah, then. He's a role player. Yeah, O'Quinn's a role player. These role players, they don't play well if they get out of rhythm. Yeah. But no, it's a bad idea. I don't like it at all. Yeah, I, I agree with you and exactly what you just said. It, it, I think it's all it is is a way to get Hern Gomez out on the floor. You know, yeah. we're not playing them. And I get the whole, you're not going to get any better if you're just sitting on the bench. And when you get some time <laughs> in practice. And I get all that. I really do. Uh, you know that you we hear that there's even teams that are interested in her and Gomez, and the Knicks continue to say that they're not looking to trade him. Perhaps maybe that's really not the truth. Maybe that's another reason why he's out there uh, because they could be looking to trade him, and you're not going to be able to trade somebody if you, the team really can't see what he's able to do. Um, perhaps it's it's because they're planning on trading Kyle Quinn. 
and that they have to start giving Hern Gomez some minutes in order to get him ready, just in case if that happens. That, that's a possibility as well. And look, in the terms of matchups, there's a reason why teams take their big guys off the floor when another team goes small. They can't match the speed, and it's a disaster defensively. The only advantage that you have is when you're on offense. But what are you going to do, trade buckets? or, or t- you, you got to get stops. And as you mentioned, if you put Cantor and Hern Gomez, you might as well just add two points to the other team. They don't. There's, it's going to happen. I mean, there's little, just go ahead and count it. Just once they touch the ball, put two points, and then just give the ball back to the Knicks because that's, that's the way it's going to be. They're not going to be able to stop a soul. Not a team in the NBA that will be able to get consistent stops with, if those two on the floor. Now, again, offensively, yeah, you'll have the size advantage. You'll be able to get the ball in the post. Um, but here's the thing. There's some of these these smaller players that maybe not be like centers or power forwards. There could be guys that are like small forwards that you have on the floor when you're going smaller. And they're strong enough now to play with some of these post players. Uh, like LeBron James, for example, is a small forward. I know he really plays everything, but if you're trying to go big – Against the Cavalier team, they got Crowder and, and LeBron. Those guys are strong. They can they can handle in the post. I mean, somebody who has a significant height advantage, Marcus Smart uh, of the Celtics, trying to post him up is a nightmare. Even for these big power forward centers, he can handle his own against them because he's so strong. So it's to me, I just think it's more something. Something to me has to be happening. If all of a sudden you're you're saying. Uh, I, we're going to try something different and just to see if it works. Uh, to me, I think it's a, maybe it's that they have Hernan Gomez in their future plans. So they got it. They got to play him some to, you know, develop him. Cause again, you don't get any better sitting on the bench, but at the same time, is that really what's best for the team right now? Or is it B that they're trying to showcase what he can do? so they can get some trade offers for him. I know they've said they're not looking to trade him, but you never know. That, that could be that a, mean they're not. Yeah, I mean, that could be a bold-faced lie. Uh, or they're trying to trade Kyle O'Quinn, who we have heard his name uh, basically on the trade block since before the season started. Everybody's talked about Kyle O'Quinn's probably a guy the Knicks are going to look to trade, get a draft pick from. I think he has a, he can become a free agent this year. So, you know, it, it's do the Knicks go ahead and trade him? Because he is playing pretty well. But do you take the risk of not bringing him back and getting nothing for him when you can at least get something? Even if it is another draft pick, you can get something. So, to me, I think the organization is going to really look at trading some of these guys. Courtney Lee could be another name that's going to be gone. I think that's why we're, we're starting to see. Her and Gomez has gotten in, I know, the last game. I, I think we're going to see more of them, and I think that's just more of a telling sign. Because if you ask me, as much as I like Kyle O'Quinn and I don't want to see him traded, I think that's what's really going on. I think the Knicks are looking to deal Kyle O'Quinn. So who's going to get that minutes? Willie Horan Gomez. You can't just necessarily th- have that trade done and then throw her and Gomez out there. you got to get them ready. you got to get them some minutes in, in my opinion, I think that's really what's going on. Would you agree with that, Chip? Do you think this spells perhaps they're looking to trade at least one of their forwards, and I think the odd man out is Kyle O'Quinn? 
O'Quinn is, well, Hernan Gomez is the most tradable. Okay. Because I think he is, you know, he proved something last year. But I think O'Quinn is the guy that they'd rather trade. Um, he is uh, on an expiring deal, so he's not going to be back next year anyway. Uh, and Hernan Gomez, uh, look, Hernan Gomez was like on the ticket brochure for their season ticket this yeah. year. So they don't want to trade him. They really don't. Uh, and, and look, like I said, Hernan Gomez is the most tradable because he looked so good as a rookie last year. Uh, but O'Quinn's really easy to trade, too. He's on a really easy contract, and it's expiring. And he's a really good veteran player that a lot of contenders would like to have. He plays defense and he rebounds. He can pass, and he makes a good mid-range shot. There's a ton of contenders who would love to have Kyle O'Quinn on their team. It'll be easy to trade Kyle O'Quinn. Yeah, I, I really do think that is what's going on. And I know um, there's mixed feelings towards that. I know fans love Kyle Quinn. I love him, too. And I, I rather I him love him, too. Yeah. I love Kyle Quinn. I would love yeah. to have him. But we could be taking the risk of not getting him back and then getting nothing for him, which would put us in a bad situation. So sometimes it's a business thing. You might – and I think the Knicks love him. I really do. But – you have to do what's best for the future, and that's what the Knicks are trying to build, the future. So it, it makes sense to deal Kyle O'Quinn. And I, it, they like Hern Gomez. They probably want to continue to see if they can develop him, give him a chance to show that he can play some defense out there at least. So I, to me, I think it's more option C that I just went through. I think Kyle O'Quinn is on the trading block. And they're trying to get another forward ready, give him some playing times for, for when uh, Kyle Quinn is sent out the door. But with that being said, before we wrap up, Chip, uh, we're getting close to tip-off. If tip-off hasn't happened yet, um, for the Knicks and the Bulls, uh, we've lost to them twice um, in games that we should have won. Quick prediction, oh, what do you think the Knicks do against them tonight? This is a revenge game for sure. <laughs> big time revenge game. And this one's at the Garden. The Knicks win this one big, I think. Uh, big. We, we both predicted the, the, these games twice so far. We're 0 2, Chip. We're 0 2. 0 2. So here's what I'm yeah, going to do. Here's what, what <laughs> I'm going to do. I, I'm, in, I'm going with the Knicks, but I'm not going to say it. Uh, I guess I just did. Uh, I'm picking the Bulls. <laughs> I, I'm going with the Bulls. They're going to win. They're going to kill us. Let's see if that changes the luck. Let's see. Let's just see. I'm, I'm going with the Bulls. Yep, definitely. So that's all the time that we have. We will be back next week with another episode of the Next State of Mind podcast.